Welcome to the Empowered Spirit Show. This is your host, Terry Ann Hyman. I'll explore the connection to the human spirit in a way that helps to navigate your life, including crisis. I am passionate about helping you to open up to your intuition and the metaphysical world of spirit to find your confidence and your own inner guidance. Take a pause, be inspired, learn ways to show up focused, centered, and more dynamic in your everyday life. Welcome back to the Empowered Spirit Show. Thank you so much for tuning in and joining me today. This episode is being brought to you by Forecast Salon, located in Homewood, Alabama. Forecast is a hair salon on a mission to shape a movement in the beauty industry, focusing on education, fashion, and creativity. Forecast strives to train stylists with the latest in education to provide their guests with the latest trends. Follow them on Instagram at Forecast Salon or find them online with their online store at ForecastSalon.com and check out their latest in innovation at Club Forecast Salon on Instagram. As this podcast goes to air, we just moved through the first of the super new moons. It was in Aquarius, and it also opened us up to the Lunar New Year, Year of the Dragon, which I talked all about in last week's episode on the show. I offered a channeled meditation to help you align with your energies for this. As the intensity begins to decrease a little, all that excitement, you might notice your inspiration does too. There is a lot of chaos in the world, creating feelings of isolation and loneliness. This creates a depressed state in the energy field. We are in the depths of winter, yet an awakening is starting to happen. You may be feeling this transition within you. Sometimes it shows up as fear, as lack, creating this isolation. This is the hardest of seasonal transitions. I know for me, I've been there and feeling lonely. One of the ways I handle these feelings is by taking care of myself, putting time and intention into my body, my diet, my habits, meditation, breathing. Breathing is so important. I took it for granted for so long, but it is the root of our existence. This is where you can shift the memory of the pattern stored in your brain. It brings you back to source of who you truly are, the I am energy. If you feel you are down or have been hard on yourself, now is the time to connect with your higher self and break this old pattern. The energy we are in now will encourage you to turn this self-defeating energy around. There is a lot of new light to connect with to help you reinforce your 2024 visions. It's not a time to rush, but to ease into the transition. Finding a slow and steady discipline will add up to bigger changes as spring approaches. So maybe you are feeling this deep loneliness within you. It's okay. Know that others are feeling the same. Winter pulls the soul deep. It naturally wants to hibernate, yet there begins a yearning to return into the world. And this is where we are right now. Know that with all the outside forces going on, the shiny objects, it does pull you away from your inner light. But Allow this new force of energy that just came in to be an inspiration to empower your true self. Know that you are not alone in these feelings. Many are also in this bubble of isolation, creating separation from the soul. Finding ways to connect with your inner light is key. These feelings don't define you. (laughs) Look at it as a temporary state that allows you to do some deep work with the darkness that you feel. We all have shadows. Name your shadows. So my teacher, a great Nagwa, Rita, teacher of the dream world, she asked me if I had a name for my shadow that keeps coming up for me right now. 
So be a little vulnerable. I have this energy that happens right before I fall asleep. I just start crying. I just start crying. I feel sorry for myself. I'm in this big old bed by myself. I let myself cry, but what's underneath it? Call it up. There is such a great teaching here instead of perpetuating the pattern. So I gave her a name. (laughs) Now, if you're from the South, you'll probably get this. Her name is Bless Her Heart. So now at night, when she shows up to pull my day down, I recognize her. There she is, I say, bless her heart. Here she is again. I offer her gratitude. I love her. The pattern is easing. The humor is priceless. Yes, my experiences show me that these deep, lonely feelings can teach you. That it is a time to connect to you. Maybe it is time for like a spiritual massage, like Reiki, clear the old, empower your energy. It's time to stop searching out there and find the heart of who you are. And you know what? I do have the thing to help you with all of this. You are invited to my first Energy Mastery Virtual Retreat, Saturday, February 24th, 1 to 4 p.m. It's a full moon. The theme is Radiate Confidence, Cultivating Your Inner Power, open up to the spring. Join us on this transformative journey and give yourself the gift of self-care and spiritual nourishment. Lots of spiritual tools, the rites as I call them, Reiki, intuition, tarot, EFT, and stones and crystals will create a crystal grid for spring abundance. Reserve your spot today and embark on a path of self-discovery and renewal. The link to register will be in the show notes. Today, I wanted to continue ways to add to self-care and self-love with another amazing spiritual author from Llewellyn Publishing. Her name is Rachel Henderson. Her current book, she has several as we'll talk about, is Wheel of the Year, The Natural Home. She is a witch crafter, one who likes to use her hands, recycle objects, and add magic into everything she creates. In this episode, we talk about what a witch crafter is, celebrating the wheel of life, creativity, and how we are all creative letting go of judgment, confidence that comes forward, and lifting your energy by adding spark and magic. Before we begin, let's take a moment to pause and breathe and set an intention for where you are. So wherever you are, if you can, close your eyes. Taking a nice deep inhale, breathing up the body. And as you exhale, call all your energy into you. Call it in, slowing down. Inhale, expanding the breath up the body. Exhale, bringing that breath all the way back down. Calling in your spirit. Feel the spiritual body lining right on top of the physical, the emotional, the mental bodies. Taking another deep inhale, breathing up the spine. And as you exhale, dropping right into the heart, feel that connection, your spirit and the greater spirit. 
Know that you are loved, guided, protected. Feeling all this energy coming in as we call in the masters, teachers, the archangels for joy and love, the crystal beings for amusement, magnification. Call in your higher self to align all your energies, to be very present, to notice where you are on this great wheel of life. Where I am, we are in the late season of winter. And as I teach in the medicine wheel found in the direction of the north, where we're deep within, allowing for dreams and visions, bringing in messages from the ancestors. We honor this time. Calling in to the north, the east, the south, and the west, above you, below you, right into the very center, taking a moment, setting an intention for your path, opening up to that spark within you, bringing forward inspiration, your creative forces. Setting that intention right from the heart, let it open up all around you. Taking one more deep inhale and exhale, bringing that breath all the way down deep into the earth, feeling your heart open, feeling that third eye focused, allowing. And as you're ready, blinking the eyes back open. My guest today, Rachel Henderson, is a pagan and witch following an eclectic and independent path. She currently works with Hestia and Turtle in her magical practice. She contributes articles to Llewellyn's almanacs and calendars and blogs about magic, creativity, and living by your own patterns. Rachel is a dual-class seamstress, shield maiden, and has been sewing professionally since 2008. She is also the author of Sew Witchery and the Scent of Lemon and Rosemary. So let us welcome her to the show. Welcome, Rachel. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Yes, and I'm so excited to have you and talk to you about your book, The Natural Home Wheel of the Year. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. So as we go to begin, I always like to ask this question, and I think I'll start by asking you, like, what led you to the work of paganism and witchery? What led you to that? Um, well, I grew up uh, raised Baptist with my grandmother and my grandparents, and uh, when I went away to college, I discovered, uh, I came into witchcraft and paganism the way a lot of people my generation did. I'm a Gen X uh, through Cunningham. And I found Cunningham and that led me to Wicca. Um, I ended up not having Wicca really resonate with me. So I went off on a more eclectic path, but that was my introduction to, and when I when I discovered Cunningham, I was like, this makes sense to me. This, this resonates with me more than um, my upbringing as a Baptist. Yeah. And that is a way in which a lot of people do find it. Yeah. I remember finding Cunningham's work through Llewellyn, which is how I found you through Llewellyn, but they're there, like, you know, they're old fashioned, send it in the mail catalog. Right. And so much we were able to learn. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. So now you have this book out, the natural home wheel of the year. What led you to write this book? 
Well, I like to describe myself as a witch crafter. And I do a lot of um, my magic. I tend to imbue in my crafting and my sewing. I started off as a seamstress. And as I was sewing, I would uh, incorporate magic into what I was working on. And so this book is my kind of giving people ideas of what they can do to celebrate the will of the year, which is the what I use when I'm going through the year. And uh, I wanted to give people the opportunity to um, make things with their hands because I feel like making is very akin to magic because you're taking raw ingredients and, and nothing and turning it into something. And I'm always encouraging people to be creative uh, in all their life, you know, all aspects of their life, but especially in their magic. Yeah, I agree with that. And I know that I do a lot of crafting and I make jewelry. And I remember one time I had a coach, he's like, oh, you have to stop everything and just focus on this. But then I was working with the shaman. He's like, no, you can't. You have to keep using your hands. It's the way you process. You have to have that touch and it helps you process energy. And so I totally agree. And I know sometimes when I feel lost or I, I don't know what I'm doing, it's like, go back to crafting. Just go back to making things, get into that vibration of energy and allow it to open up. So I definitely can agree that it does help us to process energy the more we work with our hands and create and craft. And then also too, it gets you into a nice focus. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's uh, a lot of crafting is, especially if you're doing something like knitting or crochet, uh, embroidery, it's a lot of repetitive tasks. So you can get into that kind of uh, almost a meditative state as you're working. And um, like with this book, I have a lot of emphasis on creating things for your altar, uh, decorations and the like, because I think when people get into witchcraft and paganism, they feel like they've got to buy everything. You got to buy the crystals and the candles and the statuary, statuary and everything. And I feel like this, um, I wanted to teach people how to make their own stuff so that, because I am a filthy anti-capitalist, and I prefer to teach people the skills they need to make something as opposed to just going out and buying it. It's much more meaningful, I feel, that way. I agree. And do you use the things that you have? I mean, not to say that you won't have to maybe go get a few things, but when we use what we have, recycle it, redo it, reuse it. I've been into reusing old jewelry that I no longer wear. So I hear you on that for sure. Yeah, definitely. So let's take a moment and just explain the Wheel of the Year. Oh, yeah. Um, the Wheel of the Year, it's actually a very uh, a modern concept that uh, takes ancient pagan festivals, uh, fire festivals, which are the cross quarter days, which are the days in between the equinoxes and the uh, solstices. And it takes all of these these eight points. So you got four, two solstices, two equinoxes, and then the four cross quarter uh, days. And it is a method of tracking time and measuring time that is cyclical instead of the modern calendar that we use, which is just this march of time that goes on. And it provides, um, I like to think of them as touchstones. So each uh, day, which is a Sabbath, they're called Sabbaths, each Sabbath provides you with this chance to just kind of take a moment, get your head out of 
all the worries and the daily stress and the rat race and tap into the natural world, tap into that, um, the themes that each day, uh, each of these Sabbaths concentrates on. And because it's cyclical in nature, it, if you miss one, there's always opportunity for it to come back around as opposed to when you're on a calendar, if you miss a day, you're like, oh no, now I miss this. And, you know, I might as well throw the whole calendar away because I didn't do what I was supposed to do. Um, so that's it in a very brief nutshell. Yeah, and I love that. And I think before we started, I was talking to you about the idea, like, I do know I've lived a life as a witch, and I do know I have that archetype energy, but I work on the land and I work with the medicine wheel. But it's a similar concept because it is a wheel. And like you said, it's not linear. And so we have a way of looking at life from a different perspective, which I think is what you're saying, too. We get to recognize where we are on this great wheel and recognize each of the areas have significant meaning for us to learn and grow. So I love that explanation that you're offering, and I love the similarities as well. So where are we on that wheel? Well, um, we passed Imbolc, which is the cross-quarter day between Yule and Astara. We're coming up on Astara, which is the spring equinox, which is a, um, a time of spring's coming, as spring is here, everything is starting to grow, and you're starting to get that rush of... Um, energy as we shake off the last of vestiges of winter and it's a time of cleansing you know throwing up your throwing open your windows and your doors to get that fresh air coming in it's a time of starting to plant seeds whether literal seeds or seeds for plants for the rest of the year uh it's just it's a time for renewal for renewal yes i love it so what are some of the suggestions that you offer in your book for this season um, so for Astara, it's a lot of the themes are because it's renewal and stuff. There are, um, I teach you how to make natural egg coloring because Astara also equates with Easter. The Catholic Church took that pagan concept and turned it into, it said, okay, these two align. And it is, um, so I teach how to make colored eggs with using natural uh natural ingredients to color them. We're talking about bunnies. We're talking about, you know, a little bit about flowers. There are recipes in the book for making things and decorative ideas. It's, uh, it's all about setting up this beautiful altar where it just brims with this idea of renewal and freshness and cleansing that's uh, the short and dirty of what's in that section of the book. Yeah. And in your book, you give us pictures. And I love the idea of an altar. I talk about sacred space. I talk about altars. I'll look forward to changing mine up and bringing in different ideas. And you give us some great pictures and ways in which to create the ritual, especially like you said, for seeds. I talk about this too. Winter, we're sleeping now. We're deep. We're dreaming, envisioning. And then we open up to the spring and we plant those seeds symbolically and actually physically too. But you also give us the idea of blessing the seeds and making a ritual out of it, which I love intent and purpose, right? It's everything. And then some charm casting, right? <laughs> we couldn't be witches without the charm casting. We really couldn't. So you do this for each of the sabbats, as you say. And so it does give us a way to work with our hands and be creative and really get into, I think, 
the essence of the season. That's the whole point of the book is it to provide like a primer of here you go. Here's where, um, where we're at. Here's what's coming up and here's how to celebrate it and get in touch with it. Definitely. Yeah. And I think it's important. I think, I mean, again, I, I, I love creativity. I think crafting and doing stuff with our hands, whether it's outside or inside or bringing the outside inside, right. To do the crafts is so important and it adds so much more depth than intention. I think intention is so important. It totally is. And I feel like when you, uh, I provide advice in there on how to forage and how to go out and get art supplies from nature, because I really believe that our modern life, we're so divorced from nature and we're natural creatures. We love to be, um, you know, we're meant to be in touch with the animals and the soil and the plants and everything out there. So this, I put a real emphasis on using natural materials for your crafting so that we can do that intentionally and we can get more in touch with nature and find that reconnect in that way. Yeah, I agree. And I've always talked about sacred spaces. Look to the season to create that space. Look at all the elements, the fire, air, earth, and water, and pick up the natural flowers and pick up the pine cones and pick up those things that help us really feel that season. So I definitely agree with you on that. Yeah. So creativity is an interesting topic. (laughs) Because I hear more often than not, people go, oh, I'm just not creative. But it's so much more than what people think. How do you how do you look at creativity? Um, Creativity, like everybody is creative. I hear that, too. I hear a lot of people go, oh, I can't do that or I'm not. I'm not good at that. And creativity, it's that spark that's in us, that drive to create something. It's the same kind of drive, I think, that um, that witches tap into when they're casting their magic, that for for us, creativity, I think we can't not be creative. But nowadays, we have this idea that you have to be perfect at it, or it has to be something that you can monetize. And so people are like, well, if I can't monetize it, or if it isn't perfect, then I shouldn't even bother to do it. And that's one of the things that I try to always encourage people is it doesn't have to be perfect. It's you're just tapping into that desire to make something and express yourself. And if you're making something to express yourself, how could it not be perfect? Even if it doesn't look, and also telling people that, of course, you know what it looks in your brain and how it comes out, there's going to be a discrepancy. And so, of course, you're going to you're going to nitpick it because we come from a society that tends to look at the bad before the good. So you're going to nitpick your own creativity, but other people didn't see what was in your head. They saw what you created. And I think that just that act of creating and expressing yourself is so important, especially in today's uh, day and age. Yeah, I agree. And I do think sometimes people judge themselves on it and they think, oh, I've got to be like a painter or an artist to be creative. But there's so many ways to do it. And I think sometimes just by getting your hands dirty, it really just opens up to the elements of bringing that extra energy in for you. So I do agree. I think there's so many ways to express our creativity and allow yourself to process because lots of times when we don't feel creative, we're stuck, we're blocked. 
mm-hmm. then just the act of moving through those crafts can open up and help you to release. So I do think it's a very important activity that we can create. And I love that you bring the natural elements in and then give us all these ideas, making cloths and for the altar and how to use these elements, potions and even like you have some like sugars in there, right? And some tonics and some honey. You use honey a lot. I love honey, yeah. right? I'm just kind of flipping through the book, but it is, it's such a powerful book and has so many amazing activities. And it really does bring forward that creative aspect. What are your hopes for the book? I hope that the people who need it find it, first of all. But I hope that what it does is it encourages people to uh, maybe get a little bit out of their comfort zone do that whole, well, you know, get over that voice that says, oh, you're not creative and look at what they can do with what they have on hand. I'm very, again, very big into using what you already have on hand and kind of help people realize that there's other ways that you can uh, tell time. There's other ways that you can look at the calendar that we don't have to be prisoners of this, you know, nine to five, 24 seven, uh, you know, all week, every week kind of grind. And I hope that it helps people start thinking a little more mindfully and magically, not only about their crafting, but about their entire life. Um, I really do feel that if you're mindful, you can make your life magical and have even the littlest things that you do just opening up a window. It's not just opening up the window, opening it up and letting the nature and the energy, the stagnant energy flow out and fresh energy come in. Um, When you're, you know, you're not just doing a little diamond painting craft, you're making something that is, that could be put on your altar or that could be an expression of a spell that you're casting of, I want this abundance. So I'm going to do this little diamond painting of, something that speaks abundance to me um that's what I want is I want people to be able I want it to help people live more magically yeah I think magic is something we all could use right now life is so serious (laughs) it really is and I think adding a little magic and even the smallest forms can really help inspire you on the darkest days right and as we're starting Mm -hmm. to really kind of come out of winter and awaken to spring Some of that magic can be helpful to inspire you to understand even more of your path. So I definitely agree with you. Rachel, you have a couple of other books. Tell us about those. Uh, My first book uh, is called So Witchy, S-E-W Witchy, and it is all about sewing magic. Uh, It was my first book. It was inspired by the fact that when I was seamstress, I would do things like put pins with green heads on them in what I was sewing to get that abundance in there and be like, okay, people are going to be giving me money for what I'm sewing. And I found that I was doing that a lot, including magic in my work and my sewing. And so I wrote this book. It was, uh, I called it a sewist book of shadows. And my second book is The Scent of Lemon and Rosemary. It's about um, working with Hestia, who is the goddess, the uh, Greek goddess of the hearth. And it's about making your home a safe, comforting, comfortable place to, uh, to live. And I wrote that during the pandemic, so it was very timely at the when I was writing it. And both of those books, again, tap into this theme of looking at everyday work that you do or, or things that you do, and how can we make them magical? How can we imbue them with a meaning? 
beyond just I'm sweeping the floor, I'm doing the dishes, that sort of thing. It is a mindfulness, right? Oh, yeah. It's very much, um, nobody likes to do housework. Like, nobody likes to do chores. But if you're doing the chores, understanding that you're not just cleaning things physically, you're cleaning them energetically. You're not just folding the laundry. You're folding love into it. Like, you're folding your children's laundry and you're folding love into it and comfort and safety. That you're not just sewing a pair of pants. You're sewing something that is going to give you movement and uh, forward momentum in what you're doing. You're not just uh, sewing a little bag. You're, it's a bag for your tarot cards. And so you're imbuing that. You're choosing your material and your thread and everything appropriately so that to so that it has more meaning and it's imbued with more energy that is conducive to your cards. That's what I mean by mindfulness. It's uh, just taking a moment, even if it's just 30 seconds, to think, what am I actually doing here? I know what I'm, what I look like I'm doing, but what is the meaning behind it? Oh, I so agree. I so agree. And thank you for confirming some of my reasons. Sometimes like, I don't even know what I'm doing. I do. I, I did create a tarot deck and I create like the sacred bags and it's like material and I get to feel it and sacred wands. And lately I've been working on some journals and it's like, I don't even know sometimes where it comes from. But I know it makes me feel better and it puts me into that present frame of mind and opens up that creative energy. So, yeah, that was very confirming. I'm a knitter. I started crocheting, knitting. Then I started working in beads and then I started making jewelry. So that was kind of my path. My mother sewed and taught me to sew. And I'll be honest, she was so picky. She was so got to be perfect that I don't sew. I had a sewing machine and actually I sold it. I wish I still had it sometimes. But I kind of stay a little bit away from that, whereas I'll hand sew sometimes, mm-hmm. but I know where it comes from. So I do recognize that, but I get myself involved in so many crafts and so many things. And jewelry has been my forte, really. But lately, I don't know. It's like some of those other projects. So, so instead of worrying about it, it's just like, yeah, just know this is going to guide me to something new because that's kind of what I feel like right now. Like, I don't even know where my jewelry is anymore and I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm just keep using my hands, opening up that creative force and just letting the flow come in. And I think that's part of it too. We don't have to judge it. We don't have to worry. Is it going to look pretty at the end? Have you ever heard of neurographic training, neurographic drawing? Oh, I have not. What is that? So it's it's from a Russian doctor and it works with the brain. And basically it's helping you to break limited beliefs of the brain. And they're like all these algorithms that you work with. But part of it, I've been doing this and part of it is helping me to slow down and helping me just, I wanted to learn to draw. And so it's helping me to learn to use the algorithms in the way of doing this without judgment on the outcome. And at first I wanted to have a beautiful outcome, but that's not the point of it. The point is to really get into those limited beliefs that we hold. So it's a fascinating study, learning to work with colored pencils and whatnot. But I do find it interesting because the outcome is not necessarily what we're going for. It's the process. Yeah. And I think some of what you're saying here, too, it's just the process of being creative and opening up to what is already around us and then applying it to where we are in life. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Definitely. So how exciting to have this come out in your other books as well. That's really awesome. Where would you like people to find your work? Where can I direct them? The best place is to go through Llewellyn, 
which is my publisher. Uh, you can get them, get all my books from them, from their website. Next best is to go to your local occult or metaphysical bookshop and order through them. If they don't have my books on their shelf, you can order through them. And that way you're uh, supporting local businesses. Otherwise, if those two aren't options, then it is available through other online retailers, you know, the Amazon and the barnesandnoble.com and the like. But I always encourage people to shop local first when they can. And then that's where you can find those books. You can find me online on Instagram. I really, that's kind of where I spend most of my time online. And um, there you can just search for my name or you can search for uh, idiorhythmic, which is a word that means living by one's own life patterns. Um, that's kind of like okay. my word for this lifetime is is just doing things my own way. Uh. <laughs> I love it. Do it your own way. Why not? Why not? Right. Break free of the traditions and open up to a greater source of energy. So I'm definitely right there with you for sure. So I love all that you're doing and I love your ability to put it into book form and get it out into the world. I think it's so needed right now. Again, adding magic is just definitely something I resonate with. I know I used to kind of like go, no, Reiki's not magic because people wouldn't take me seriously. You know what? Forget it. Yes, it can be magic. And all of this can be magic. But why not live in a way that helps you to feel inspired and opens up the spirit for sure? And as we go to close, I do like to ask that question. And I do think that we've kind of said this throughout the podcast. But just to leave our listeners with a nice, empowering message, how would you say that the work you're doing as a witch crafter can help to empower the spirit right now. Just by getting in tap with your creativity, it causes you to have more confidence. And by expressing your creativity, you're also expressing your soul. And that's you're you're putting yourself out there, which can be a little bit scary and, and make you feel a little vulnerable. But more often than not, you're going to feel better having done it. And as and especially if you don't get if you doing the process, not getting caught up with the output. Um, it just, it helps you feel connected. And I think it's that connection that then empowers your soul. Definitely is that connection, expressing your soul, getting in touch. Yeah, I so agree. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being a guest today. I've thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. Good luck with your books. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This has been great. Yeah, to your spirit. Namaste. Yes, everyone is creative. It is that spark that is in you, that drive, that witch energy that we all can tap into. Witch or not, express yourself. This time of year is the perfect time to add some magic into your life, your dreams, as we start to awaken to the spring energy. Allow yourself to be present with the magic within you. All of Rachel's content information can be found in the show notes. And if you're local to the area, check Ritual Shelter for her books. Shop locally. And thank you to Llewellyn for publishing this work for so many years and making it available to all of us. And thank you again for listening. This is your host, Harry Ann Hyman, to your spirit. Namaste. 
Come join us in my first ever virtual self-care retreat as part of my Energy Mastery Sanctuary. Saturday, February 24th, radiate confidence, cultivate inner power to open up to the spring. Spring is always one of the most challenging transitions, so come join us and prepare your energy to plant those new seeds. Links will be in the show notes.